to the book of Hebrews, and it started off with the very word, God. And he stopped me. For three days I dwelt on God. Just the word, the very beginning of that. And of course that will carry us back to the book of Genesis as we uh, think of just where it starts at, where we start the human race starts seeing that almighty God. So if you would this morning turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis 1, 1. You know, there's always been those who have denied the existence of almighty God. Down through the ages, their voices have been heard. There's uh, books have been read, their arguments have been addressed. Atheism is the supreme folly in which man is only capable of. It totally devastates life of all spiritual enjoyment. And it degrades to a level of a beast. The atheist must be blind to uh, all the appearances of creation around them for one sincere look upon creation. They would see the mockery of their belief. The reality is this. Mankind's conscience will have a God of some type or of some kind. Man will worship something. Uh, today, so often, many worship the creation rather than the creator of it. But man will worship something. Why? And people say, well, I'm atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't worship anything. That's a lie. Yes, you do. There is a worship of something. Why would it be that way? It's because God, through all of His love, and when He created mankind in His own image, He placed something within mankind that made something bigger than ourselves. Man will find a God to worship. Man will find something that He will place over all things. Man will find something that He'll look to and say, this is my God. Look there with me in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Just stop right there. Let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that I'd be all that you would have me to be with my sins confessed, that I would be able to come straight to your throne of grace. Lord, I pray that you would do something within me that I'm not capable of doing with myself or changing in myself. I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, move on me, that your truth would be applied to my heart this morning. That your truth would be applied to my life and my mind and all of my thoughts, all of my desires would be pleasing to you. For you are God. So Lord, I pray a moving upon us this morning. Whatever goes on in this world around us, I pray that today you would be pleased with this church, with your people, as we study your word. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it, and for his glory. Amen. The first verse of Holy Scripture tells us something that God has done. 
God created heaven and earth. But there's something that goes before the act of creating. You see, for the act of creation itself, it means that God must have already existed. He is the uncaused, the eternal being, having life within Himself, God. Period. Without your opinion, without your thought process, without what anybody else thinks, He is God. You know, when there was no heaven, praise His name, God. Before there was an earth, God. In the silence and the dark eternities of the past, God. In the beginning, God. The first utterance of of the divine word is altogether beyond the human grasp and reasoning. The first appeal of divine revelation is made by faith. You see that? It's about faith. It's about faith. In the beginning, God. And as the revelation of God's Word proceeds, it makes no greater demand on faith than it does in the opening sentence. In the beginning, God. Now let me say this. Now God was before the beginning, but in the beginning was God. God's just given us a place to put our foot down. God's just given us a place uh, to hang our hat in the beginning. God's always been. The Word of God makes no attempt to ever prove the being of God. You won't find that. You'll never find where God in His Word tries to prove Himself. It does tell us that He is. But no more than that. Remember when Paul was in Athens? You know, Paul never made an attempt to prove the being of God. Never made that attempt. Paul, as I, assume his existence. So therefore, it makes it impossible for you and I, those of us that believe in God, those of us that by faith have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it makes it impossible for us to go to someone that's an atheist and try to explain what we believe. You know why? Because they are extinguishing the existence of God so there can be no revelation of God. You and I cannot argue the fact with someone that's dead set in their way that there is no God. Now, if that individual calls you and said, I want to talk to you a little bit about this God thing, there's a difference. But you and I cannot walk off the street into an assembly of atheists and prove God's existence. One thing, God doesn't have to prove anything to you. He's God. It's impossible for us to do that. First, before God can do anything, you must believe that He is. You know what? I thought on this, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not super intelligent by any means. And I do a lot of things that doesn't make good sense. But now I do pride myself on having good common sense. I may not always use it. But you know what? It just makes good sense to me to believe how God created everything. I mean, it looks pretty simple to me. 
It's simple for me to believe that that's the way that it came into existence. Instead of me depending on another man to tell me how things evolved and how things were changed. It just makes good sense to me to believe it just like God's Word says it. That way I don't have to debate on it. God's already spoken. It makes good sense. How can when we see anything without at once thinking that there must have been a cause for it. I believe science has to do that. So then you have men of knowledge, of science, that will step up and say, well, everything has to, this was caused by something, so let's just make something up. Darwin, that is stupid. I mean, that makes no sense to me. Makes no sense whatsoever of how they say the world was formed. Well, I don't need their opinion. I have how it was. Genesis 1.1. God. But when we look at things, we must uh, see that there has to be a cause for it. You know, when I look at a book, I have to believe that there's a writer of it. Right? When I see a picture, I know there has to be an artist who painted it. When I even see a weld, I know that there's a welder that welded it. Just pretty simple. We live in a world with things we as mankind did not make, though. So what's the cause? We see trees and flowers and mountains and clouds. What's the cause? God. So I want us to look upon a few things this morning. First is this. The revelation of God as cause and creator to the whole circle of existence. There isn't any created or existing thing that isn't God made. Period. It's nothing. It's God-made, God-ordained, and God-arranged, or it cannot exist, for He is God. We can read and see in the first book of God's Word, He created all forms of life. All things work together. Isn't creation astounding? Just think on it just a minute. Isn't all creation astounding? Isn't it an amazing thing how uh, all these created things work together from flowers to a honeybee? Isn't that something? Think on that. You think, well, I think I'll just raise some honeybees. Well, it gets a little deeper than that now. From flowers to a honeybee, from the ocean's tide to the moving of the moon, from the sun holding the earth in place to the earth helping the sun to hold it in place. Man, the... Amazingness of creation. Chapter 1, the book of Genesis, affirms, declares, and proclaims God done it. But we go further than that. Man, the prize, the crown of God's creation. 
I want you to think about what God has done for you. And to be called the crowning spot, and I believe that about man, man has a soul. We were created in his image, so therefore we are above all the other things. But yet, a tiger has never disappointed God. You realize that? A gazelle has never upset God. Turtle has never disobeyed him. But yet man, God's crowning creation is a disappointment. But yet out of the love of God, the love of this creator, we did not fool God. God was not deceived into thinking that man would change, that Adam would sin. God already knew that, but he had already seen Adam and he already loved Adam and had to have Adam. And all that we see of God, all that we know that God has done for us personally. And yet, we are still the apple of His eye. Me and you can't grab hold of that. When it should be us that all reverence is due, when we should live our lives thinking of Him at all times, when we look at a butterfly fly across the, uh, uh, in front of our vehicle, we ought to think of God. But yet it's the Creator who just thinks of us at all times continually. What would my life look like? If everything I saw, everything that I thought of, and everything that I spoke would be glorifying my God. Shouldn't that be the way it is? Of course it is. Secondly, I want us to see the uh, the revelation of God as caused an arranger of all changes of creation. Now, without doubt, changes are continually going on in nature. Some of them are very minute, and it takes many years to do it. Some will say, well, there must be some type of new power. There must be a power working. No, it isn't. It is the, uh, maybe it's some type of evil power that's entered in, and it's overturning God's plan and produ- uh, producing disorder. So I'll say this to you. It's only God still. No other but God. Not Mother Nature, there's no such thing. God. There's no other power in this universe that controls the things of this world but God. It's under His control at all times. You say, well man, destroys things. God allowed it. And God knew that you was going to destroy it. It is God who is at the beginning of all changes. He is, uh, it's His design, all the changes, and He presides over every single change. God.
You see, God deals with chaos and emptiness and confusion. He brought forth light. He separated land from water. It is God, uh, God's order over all changes. He presides. No second power can be uh, find room for it. No second deity is needed or wanted. Oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He presides over all changing. Let's take that to man. God created man, so therefore once man sinned, there had to be a changing. He loved man so much, he said, you know what? They've disobeyed me, but something's got to happen. Something's got to take place. There's got to be something that changes man from this sinful being that he is. There has to be a change. And man today has searched, and you'll hear men that say that they're called preachers and stand behind the pulpit and they'll give you some other idea of how man can change, how society can become better, how education will uh, take man further than it can ever go. Well, I'm going to tell you, praise God for a lot of those things. But I'm going to tell you, it's only God that will carry you anywhere. It'll be His power, His authority, and His purpose for your life that changes mankind. God looked down on mankind and see that He was damned to hell. That man had no opportunity to do anything to get back to God. Man couldn't change himself. So God sent the only begotten unto the earth and He changed men through Jesus Christ. If your life is not going the way that you'd like for it to be going today, if there's things in your life that you would want to change, I'm going to tell you where you start. God. If there's something that you don't like about yourself today, here's your answer. God. Is there things that your mind thinks of that you know is not right? You know how to change that? God. There's areas in my life that I need to work on. God. He is the overseer of all change. Thirdly, it's the revelation of God as cause and controller to the entire range of the development of creation. Let me explain. Everything living reproduces its own kind. Correct? God's design. It bears its own seed. Animals from, in, uh, from animals to insects to man are able to preserve their own existence generation after generation. We ask, is there some strange power of development by creatures themselves? No, it's still God. That's God's plan. Procreation. God, He is first before all things. He is in the beginning. God is first, but man is to make him first in all things of our interests and our relationships and our hopes and our worships. I don't believe I could ask anyone in this room and say, do you think God is first? I believe everybody would say, yeah, no doubt. He's God. He's above me. He's first in all things. Well, let me ask you this. Is He first in all things in your life? He is in creation. Is He first in your relationships? 
Is He first in all the interests that you have and all the hopes and the worst? You're saying, well, preacher, if I involve God in all my interests and in all my relationships and all my vacations and all of my home time and all my spare time and all of my worship, people are going to think I'm a charismatic, that something's different about me. Praise God, that's exactly what He desires. First in all of your life. What is it in your life that you don't want God to be first in? Pick that one. Well, the shame of that is is there's certain things in our lives that we may be living within. Things that we're doing that we say, well, I don't want to bring God in on that because God can't be there. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if God can't be there, you need to get rid of it. If there's something going on in your life that you can't put God in, get rid of it. So God can get there. You know, that's how He created us to be. But when that is not the case, things cannot be right with us. To fulfill our created purpose, we must give to God His due place, and that is first. Everywhere and every time and in everything, God first. And lastly, this morning, I want you to see God in Revelation. First of all, the Word of God tells us that they're without excuse. We say, how can someone, how did the native Indians before the pilgrims get here, how did they know that there was a God? Well, I'm going to tell you, you and I can't understand the work of God, the Holy Spirit, for one thing. And then he says, by the right of creation, they see all things, all things that were invisible, I made visible through creation that they would know there is a God. And it is only a fool that will say that there's not. Just through creation. God can reveal Himself in any way He desires to through the moving of the Holy Spirit. God has revealed Himself to mankind out of love that He wants us and He's made it to where there's a desire within each and every one of us to see that there is a God over all things. He made us that way, but then He went further. Not only did He show us through creation, then He gave us His Word to tell us, Here I am. Through the prophets of old, as God revealed Himself through the moving of the Holy Spirit and they put a pen to paper and wrote down the Word of God that you and I may see it today. And God revealed Himself to us through it. So not only should God reveal Himself to us uh, this morning as we came to church, I believe that God desires as I woke up this morning to walk out and see that the clouds were moving out of the east in a circling thing to say, man, what a God that can control that, Brother Charles. What a God that can send all this rain from heaven and from the sky. What a God I have. Every bush I seen to every tree, I should have said, oh, what a God I've got. But then this morning also, don't excuse yourself from Bible study because you're going to church. You still should have read your Bible this morning. you believe that? Still daily, Sunday is a day, Bible reading. That's your time with God. So not only through creation did He show us all these things, but then He gave us His Word. And this morning, have we forsook His Word? Well, I'm going to church. Get into His Word and receive what He'd have us to be today. 
What do you have us live out today? What will He reveal to us? But not only that, He gave us creation to see Him. He gave us His Word to live by. And then He said, well, I still, I'm going to have to help mankind. They need more. And He, through Jesus Christ incarnate, God in flesh, He came and died for mankind that we could see God, know who God's like, and fellowship with Him. But you remember what we've done to Him, don't you? There's something within us so evil that we despised Him and said, let's kill Him. revelation of God as I thought on this subject as I thought on these things and I prayed over these things and God showed me things I I thought God's instilled in every child through his revelation that he's alive there are no there's not any uh, such thing as a two-year-old atheist can't happen it's not there They may not believe in Santa Claus. They may not believe in the tooth fairy uh, and an Easter bunny. But I can tell you every child believes there is a God that's over them. You know how? I want you to get this. Now you may say you're taking this too far, preacher. You're getting a little too conservative in this. The only way that a child recognizes a rock is a rock is because God revealed it to them. If God doesn't reveal anything to you, you will sit in a corner in a coma with slobber running out of the side of your mouth. Dumb and ignorant. It is God's revelation to man. Everything that you know, God revealed it to you. When a two-year-old picks up a rock out of his driveway and sees that it's a rock and understands it's a rock and that he can chunk it, God has revealed that to that child. He is God alone. He alone. Everything is God revealed to you. You have achieved nothing on your own. Everything that you have, everything that you know today has been revealed to you by the mighty hand of God Himself. What's He do today? What do I owe Him today? He is God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You. I'm thankful today that You are God. Lord, but I thank You that You're uh, merciful, full of grace. I thank You that You love us in spite of what I am. Lord, when I was unlovable, You still loved me. Lord, You never needed me for anything, but You desired to have me. I'm thankful today for my Jesus. Lord, during this time of invitation, I pray that You would move in our hearts. That, Lord, that we would be careful, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, to recognize you and give you glory in everything, for everything. For you are deserving of it. So you move on us during this time of invitation. You do as you see fit. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Ask